Welcome to the Solomon's Porch Podcast, the podcast from the worship experience of Solomon's Porch at Valdosta First United Methodist Church. We want you to be encouraged and inspired in your faith journey. So sit back and relax, unless you're driving or using heavy machinery, and enjoy. key verse that is that this series is built on and it's Luke chapter 10 verse 2 and I want to share it with you this is Jesus speaking and he's saying this to his disciples and that would include us he says this the harvest is great but the workers are few so pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest ask him to send more workers into his fields and I touched on this on that first week is that this is one of those verses that you kind of hear a lot, you've heard, you've heard people say, but I just want you to think about this for a minute and think about what this means because Jesus is not saying, um, oh, my dear disciples, would you please pray with me because there's not enough people for us to share this good news with. Um, I, we just can't find them. It seems like maybe everyone's heard it all, so we're kind of done, but let's just pray and maybe someone will come along that needs to hear the good news. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying there are tons of people worldwide that need the good news, that need the message of Jesus Christ. The harvest is great, but the people who can come alongside and help with this harvest, help bring this harvest in, that's what's few, that's what's small, and we need more people. And this is kind of the key verse of the series is that we are peace people. We should be these people. If you are a follower of Jesus, you should be part of this. You're part of this, as Justin said, part of this solution of of the need for people to come into a, a redemptive knowledge of Jesus Christ. We're part of this. And so what I want to do today is, um, you know, because here's what I do, you know, and I can fall into this trap, and maybe you can as well, is go, yeah, yeah, I believe in God. Of course, I believe in Jesus. I believe he, 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 he saved me. Like, he, he covered my sins. He redeemed me, of course. And I, you know, I go to church when I can. And we kind of just kind of get into this rut and, and kind of go, well, this is, this is my existence now as a follower of Jesus. This is what I'm going to do. But see, the reality is, is that we have a, I want to say a responsibility, and it is such, but it's, a, it's also a privilege it's a privileged responsibility as followers of Jesus to, um, to take part in this, to take part in, in this harvest, that we have a role to play in this harvest. It's, it's not, oh, that, that must be somebody else's job or someone else will do it, someone else better than me, smarter than me, more eloquent than me, you know, kinder, whatever. No, if you're a follower of Jesus, we have a role to play. We have a, a, a privilege to be these peace people. And so the whole purpose of this series is really for us to go, okay, if this is who we're supposed to be as followers of Jesus, then what does that look like? What does it mean to be a person of peace? What does it mean to, to live this out? Because, again, if, if I were to say, hey, what are some characteristics of a Christian, you might have rattled off some of the things I said. Well, I go to church. I believe God. I believe in Jesus. You know, I, I try to be good. I try to do good things. You know, and, and that you, that's, those are the characteristics of, of a person of peace. Today I want us to look a little more um, intently, maybe deeply, at, at some characteristics of peace people. 
Because hopefully as we go over these, you'll go, okay, I'm, I'm kind of doing that, but maybe I could do it a little bit better. Or, wow, I had no idea. That's really a responsibility, a privilege of mine as, as a follower of Jesus. This is something I'm supposed to do. So I want us to look at these three characteristics. Um, and if you are a note taker, a, a line filler inner, then that's on your uh, bulletin on the back. You can fill in these lines as we go. But here's the first characteristics of peace people. Peace people are authentic with their presence authentic with their presence and what this means is this means that you are you are actually still a human being once you come to know Jesus Um, you are not a robot Um, uh, you still have feelings and emotions stuff still happens good stuff and bad stuff and crazy stuff and 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 stuff you don't know how you're going to fix and I mean just because you're a follower of Jesus doesn't mean that now your life is perfect and now um, you will never have another problem again so if you're a follower of Jesus, and I'm just kind of making that, that's the underlying deal here. This is who I'm talking to. Um, that you need to be a person who's authentic with your presence. You need to be real with people. That means you don't plaster on, okay, well, you know, I've had a really bad week. I've had a really bad year, and therefore I'm just going to fake it because, you know what, I, Jesus is my Lord and Savior, so nothing's supposed to bother me, so I'm just going to plaster on a fake smile and pretend everything's okay, even though it's not, and I'm just going to smile. And people say, how's it going? You're going, oh, it's great. And, and the reality is it's not. We are still flesh and blood and human, and we need to be authentic with our presence. Now, listen, you know, a lot of times what, you know, you might hear someone say is, you know, just be yourself. If you're a follower of Jesus, just be yourself. And I agree with that, but, but there's a little caveat to that. Don't just be yourself that you used to be. If you, have, if you lived your life one way and then you came into a knowledge of Jesus Christ and now he has redeemed you, that's the self you need to live into. You need to live into your redeemed self. A lot of times as Christians we go, well, you know, I'm just going to be who I am and then we let that who I am be actually who we used to be. And that's not who Jesus wants us to be. So when you're being authentic, you need to be your authentically redeemed self, not your authentically dead self because that is what you were prior to knowing Jesus. You were just you know, walking corpse. We need to live authentically as, our, as the redeemed person. And, and yes, stuff will happen, but we need to be authentic with our presence. I was thinking about this, and um, I remember this vividly, like a couple of months before I became a Jesus follower. Um, I had this, and I really think it was the Lord, uh, and I, I know I've told the story at some point through the years, but I'll tell it again. I used to talk like a sailor, I mean, I talked, I mean, I had horrible, horrible language. I used, I used words in places even grammatically it didn't make sense. They were nouns, but I was using them as adjectives, and I was just, I just talked horribly. And a couple of months before I became a Christian, and it wasn't like a holy thing, and it wasn't like angel descended from on high, but I just had this like, you know what, I should really clean up my language. Like, I, I mean, it's just bad. And it was like, you know, like you couldn't even like, you know, the kind of stuff where you would say it and you didn't even realize you said it until someone looked at you like, I can't believe you just said that kind of stuff, you know? I was like, I should really do something about this. So again, it wasn't a, you know, you know, God will smite me or anything like that. I just felt like I should do it. So anyway, I was on this little personal journey of not talking like a sailor, right? Well, so in that process, um, I actually, I, I came to know Christ. I remember the day, I remember the moment, I remember everything about it. 
And I had a really good friend at the time who was not a follower of Jesus and, and actually was kind of like, I can't really believe you're, you're even considering this Jesus thing, kind of a friend. But, but I'd known her for years and we hung out all the time and everything. And she lived on the third floor of this apartment building. And uh, it's like the cement set steps, you know, that you take to get up there. And I remember one day we were going up there and we were hauling something, carrying something. It was hot, everything like that. And I had flip-flops on. And we were going up the steps and I got to the very top step, the last step step of this three flight step carrying whatever I was carrying sweating sweating and I had with my flip-flops I hit my toe on the edge of that concrete step and it just like it was nasty I mean I like smacked it hard like peel skin back kind of nasty like painful hurt hurt like it makes my toe hurt talk telling you the story of it you know those kind of things and I'm sitting there and here's my friend and here I'm you know I've been kind of doing the the Jesus thing and and up to this point like I don't think my friend really thought I was taking this Jesus thing seriously and it was real you know because I would you know because I really hadn't I mean I'd kind of changed but not really you know and we'd sit around in circles and they would pass things around the circles and I'd be like no none for me thank you and they're like yeah whatever you know like I don't think they really believed that I was a Christian yet but on this day that toe into that step skin back oh here's what I did now remember I used to talk like a sailor right and my friend knew me she knew me well she knew that I would, I used to yell and scream and might throw something in anger and all this stuff. And so, and you know how you know people like that and you're like kind of waiting for it? Like when something happens, you're like, oh, here it comes. You know, you're waiting for it. You know, like when your kid hurts themselves and they're just intaking all that air and you're waiting for them to come out with the whale. I think she was like waiting for me to just what was about to just, you know, spew forth. And I hit my, hit my toe and I, I was holding what I was holding and I, I dropped it, like not threw it down. I like dropped it and I put my hands on my knees and I went fiddlesticks <laughs> oh fiddlesticks <sighs> here's what I here's why I tell you that story um I didn't have to stop and go oh I want to say something else but I'm going to find a word real quick it was something that God was working in me and I was still a human being who still stubbed her toe and it still hurt really bad and I really wanted to respond, but, but I, was, I was being my authentic self in that moment, and I was like, oh, fiddlesticks. That's what came out. It just, it was there, and it was like God was working on me. See, I could have I responded in my old self, and it was, you know, for me, I really think it was in that moment that my friend, Beth, goes, oh, I think this might be some, there might be something to this for her. This actually might be real. You know, all the other times I said no and wasn't, you know, it was like that moment, the stubbing of the toe was when she finally went, hmm, there might be something about this. I was still real. I still bled. But I was being my authentic self in that moment. And as peace people, we need to be that. We need to be our redeemed, authentic self around people when life happens because it happens. Doesn't it? Doesn't it happen? And so, and there are people around you who are going, you know, I remember at one point you said something about Jesus. Trust me, they might not ever, usually the people around you that, that you've mentioned or they just know that you're a believer, they don't say anything about your faith until you do something that kind of calls your faith into question. I don't know if you've noticed that before. Oh, I thought you were a Christian. Oh, hate being having that said to you. 
But we need to be people who are authentic in our faith so that we, we live it out and it's like, you know what, real life happens, but let's be authentic in our redeemed selves. Don't go back to the old way. Don't go back to the person you used to be. You're living into who you are as a redeemed person by Jesus Christ, but be authentic with that. Stuff happens. Stuff hurts sometimes and doesn't make sense. And it's okay for you to respond to that, but be authentic in that in your faith. Be, you know... Um, I don't know, be a good example for Jesus. You know, that's, you know just represent him well in those moments. Um, peace people are authentic with their presence. Here's another um, characteristic of peace people. Peace people, and we see this with Jesus. We talked about it the first week, but peace people are strategic and they're also sensitive to others. Not just sensitive to themselves, not, not at all really. Sensitive to other people. Um, peace people are strategic and sensitive. When you think about that, here's what I mean by strategic. You think about um, being intentional with what you're doing. You know, if you just walk around and just you know, kind of over your shoulder every now and then go, yeah, I'm a Christian, yay, Jesus, I love Jesus. Well, you're just kind of, you know, you're kind of scattering. You're not really doing a lot. You need to zero in. There might be times when you need to really zero in that there's somebody in particular that, that God has brought in your path, that has brought in that sphere of influence we talked about a few weeks ago, that e-cause, that God has brought into that, and you need to be strategic with that person and not just you know, shoot on by them. You know, we, we naturally gravitate towards people. You know, that's kind of a human nature thing. We, you, you, might have, you might have even done that today. You naturally, you came in the door and you naturally gravitated to some people. And, and we do that. You know, you, you might be here for the, for the first time, you know, and, and you watched a lot of people naturally gravitate to other people. And you're sitting there going, hey, well, no one's talking to me. Well, on behalf of the people sitting around you, I apologize. Um, ouch. Um, but here's why I'm saying that. Because if we're going to be strategic, then we need to make sure we're not just naturally gravitating to those we already know and those we already um, know their story and know what's going on and, and we, can, we know what we can talk about. We, we can ease right on up and, and know that the conversation will be simple and, and not complicated, you know, that kind of thing. You know, we need to be people, if we're, as peace people, followers of Jesus, we need to be strategic. And sometimes, a lot of times, that means we go out of our comfort zone. We do things that aren't natural to us. And this is what it means to be strategic and sensitive. Let me give you an example. Um, I'm not going to read the passage, but it's one we talked about several weeks ago. We talked about Zacchaeus. Uh, being up in the tree, you know, and how, you know, Jesus was talking to the weirdo up in the tree. Here's what was going on in this context of, of Luke 19. Jesus had been on the scene. People knew who he was. They knew what he was doing. And so everywhere that Jesus went, everywhere he went, people came. They wanted to be there. They wanted to, they wanted to be around him. They wanted to hear him. Um, some people wanted to touch him. Some people wanted him to touch them and heal them. Wherever Jesus went, it was like this crowd, this group, these people wanted to be there. Hundreds, probably thousands of people, right? And then there's a scene that happens in Luke 19 where this is going on. Jesus is present. All these people are coming to him. And here's Jesus, and he's being strategic and sensitive because what he could have done, and it could have added a whole other chapter to Scripture, really, um, is he could have stayed before that crowd and delivered an amazing message, you know, given some parables, given some truths, you know, you know, maybe called out some religious people or whatever it is that Jesus did. And he could have done that, and it would have been, it would have been perfect and 
and wonderful, and, and we, would, we would take that in and read it and go, oh, wow, we read the recording of that, and that's great. But here's what Jesus did instead on that day. He had all these people he could be around, right? And in that moment, he looked up and he saw Zacchaeus in the tree. And he decided instead of standing before the crowd and, and doing what seemed natural, doing what seemed like logical, oh, all these people came to hear Jesus? Well, then Jesus should talk to all the people. Instead, he was strategic and he was sensitive and he said, there's a guy in a tree and he needs me. And so he called him down and he went to his house and they had dinner. And, and, and so here's why, I mean, think about that for a minute. There are so many people that they're not flocking to us to hear us talk necessarily. But there are so many people that are around us that need us, that, 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 that maybe they need us to, you know, as parents, as, as teachers, as, as, as people, you know, you oversee others, as friends. There are so many people that need us. They come to us. In a given day, how many people are, need something from you, expect something from you? How many people in your day-to-day world are, are you're waiting to hear from you, right? They're, they're coming to you. And you could... In those people, is there, is there a Zacchaeus? Is there someone that's like, oh, wow, I really need to zero in on them? I mean, Jesus basically stopped what he was doing, and he zeroed in on that guy that day. And it changed Zacchaeus' life. So we need to think about that and be strategic like Jesus was and, and be sensitive to the, to the Holy Spirit's leading, going, that guy right there, that girl right there, that moment right there. I was trying to live this out uh, last week, and I was thinking about my e-cause and who's around me, and God, who, who am I supposed to reach out to and talk to, and is there someone, you know, and I'm at the grocery store, and I'm tooling along, and, and I don't really do that when I'm at the grocery store, but, and, um, and I see this lady, and she is just sniffling, and like her head's down, and she just, she looks, you know, like, she, she looks upset, she looks like she's had a hard day, hard couple of days, whatever, and I'm thinking about what's going on, so I was like, okay, God, Here's the deal. Um, I'm kind of kind of semi-stalker in the grocery store, but if I hear her really sniffle again, you know, that kind of thing, I'm going to take that as a sign, and I'm going to go up to her and ask her if she's okay. All right, I'm just trying to be sensitive. I'm trying to do this thing. Well, so I'm, I'm a little bit behind her so I can hear, and then sure enough, you know, she does it again. So I come up alongside of her, and, and I'm just getting ready to say, you know, like, ma'am, are you okay, or something like that. And then I notice kind of forgot where I was at the grocery store, and there she was in front of the allergy section. And she's like looking at meds for, so she just needed medication in the moment, so I just did like a God bless you and kept going, you know, <laughs> peace be with your sinuses and move along. And, but see, we, but we need to be sensitive to people, right? It's okay that sometimes maybe, maybe we need to, you know, it's, maybe we need to go down an aisle we weren't planning on going down, you know? Maybe, you know, maybe we need to, to cancel the one meeting in order to make the other one, to talk to the person. You know, like sometimes what, what didn't, you know, how many people were in that crowd today, to, in, that, in that day to see Jesus? And he went and was like, hey, Zacchaeus, hey, come on, let's go. How many people were disappointed? Can you imagine how many people were disappointed that day? They expected something and he didn't give it, but, but he was strategic and he was sensitive. And we, as peace people, we can do that and we need to be willing to do that. We need to be willing to, to go, you know, all right, God, my, my potato salad and my fabric softener is really not that important in the grand scheme of things. And so maybe it's okay if I go down another aisle. So we need to be strategic and we need to be sensitive. Um, you know, one of the things I think that that is 
difficult for us is, is how, you know, insular we can be, how self-focused we can be, how, how me-focused we can be. And, and I think about that, and I even think as churches, we're, we're kind of guilty of this sometimes, is, you know, churches end up being often, you know, or, or a group of people kind of we-focused. And, and we-focused, I think I have the definition of we-focused, it's a bunch of individuals who are me-focused, who like the same stuff, so they become we-focused. You know, and, and we can do that, and if, we, if we're not careful, we're not going to be sensitive to the needs of other people because we're just thinking about ourselves. We're just focused on ourselves and, and what we need and what we like and what we don't like. And, and, and we, need to make, we need to be very careful of this. You know, I was looking, I, as I was writing that, I was thinking of just several different examples in Scripture came up in my mind of, of when the disciples, the very first followers of Jesus... So the very first follower of Jesus, they, they dealt with this. This idea of not being sensitive to others, not being willing to you know, go down another aisle. And here's some I wanted to share with you out of Scripture, out of Mark chapter 14. Um, it, it's a story that might be familiar to many of you. Uh, Jesus was at Bethany, a guest of Simon the leper, which right there just shows that he was, he was willing to not do what was accepted and normal because... Who goes and eats dinner with a leper? But there he was. He, so but Simon had been healed, but he was still known as Simon the leper. Jesus was at Bethany, a guest of Simon the leper. While he was eating dinner, a woman came up carrying a bottle of very expensive perfume. Opening the bottle, she poured it on, on Jesus' head. Some of the guests became furious among themselves. And who were the guests? They were his followers. They were his people. That's criminal a sheer waste, this perfume could have been sold for well over a year's wages and handed out to the poor. They swelled up in anger, nearly bursting with indignation over her. But Jesus said, let her alone. Why are you giving her a hard time? She has done something wonderfully significant for me. You'll have the poor with you every day for the rest of your lives. Whenever you feel like it, you can do something for them. And of course, he was kind of answering to um, what was, what was kind of really going on in their hearts, it wasn't so much about them caring for the poor as much as it was about them feeling as if she just wasted some money. And maybe they thought she could have spent it better. Here's the idea, though. Here are the very first followers of Jesus, and, and they were being so we-focused that they just thought that what this woman did was not important, it wasn't okay, um, and, and if they could, I think they would have tossed her out, except for Jesus to say, leave her alone. This is amazing. Here's another example of, of, of followers of Jesus being we-focused. In Luke 18, people brought babies to Jesus, hoping he might touch them. When the disciples saw it, they, they shooed them off, and Jesus called them back. So we can be so we-focused sometimes that we can think, I mean, even as Christians, we can go, you know what, this really isn't that important. This isn't something that really needs to, you know, be dealt with. You know, God doesn't really need to deal with this. We'll just let a program do it. You know, we'll just let somebody else take care of it. Jesus was strategic and sensitive to the needs of others. Babies, children, don't shoo them off, bring them back. Here's another example, John chapter 4. Here's the... The story, the woman at the well story. Uh, if you don't know it, go back and read the whole thing. But Jesus had been talking with her. He was alone with her, which socially kind of broke some, some rules. And he had been uh, with her talking, and she needed hope. She needed redemption. And then in verse 27, we hear this. Just then, his, Jesus, his disciples came back. See, it was just Jesus and this woman. 
They were shocked. They couldn't believe he was talking with that kind of a woman. No one said what they were all thinking, but their faces showed it. See, in this moment, see, Jesus was sensitive. He didn't, he didn't care what the, the social norms allowed for or anything like that. He was sensitive to the needs of that woman who needed redemption, who needed life, who needed hope. And it didn't matter what anyone else thought, even his followers. He was strategic. He focused in on her. He was sensitive. He went and talked to her to meet her needs. And we need to be willing to do that. We, I read these stories and I can put myself in the place of the first followers of Jesus, his first disciples. I can put myself there every time. So we need to be people who are peace people. We need to, we need to be authentic with our presence and we need to be uh, strategic and sensitive. And here's the third um, characteristic of peace people. And this, I have to admit, is probably the absolute hardest for me, peace people don't take a break with their permanent relationships. And here's what I mean by this, because when you talk about your sphere of influence, your e-cause, those people are some people that you, um, that you just maybe you run into every now and then, that you could really choose to no longer run into them. If you really tried, you could no longer have a connection with them. You know, that's what kind of your e-cause is. It's not necessarily your blood relatives or people you're married to or you know, anything like that. It, it's, it's just the people you're around a lot. And so you could go to some, you know, you could, you could do a, little, a few little adjustments and no longer be around that person. But, but we have permanent relationships um, or really, really long-term relationships right? Permanent relationship, people you're related to. You, know, you share some, some similar DNA, right? Uh, there's people that you're married to, right? Um, those are really, really long-term relationships. Your children, those are permanent relationships. Um, you could even say, if you've been working at the same place for a really, really long time, those are permanent relationships. See, I would say Justin and I have a permanent relationship. We're not related, anything like that, but we work alongside of each other. We have for a long time. You know, so there are people that, you, that you're around and you're in this permanent relationship. Now, in those relationships, I know, I'm not even guessing, I know that there are people in those permanent relationships that you have that need life, real life, true life, redeeming life, hope, encouragement. They need the faith. They need the power. They need to understand that life is possible through Jesus Christ and him alone. Nothing else and no one else will save them. They need it. They're desperate for it. They might tell you they're not. They might act like they're not. They might, they might reject uh, any, any talk of that. But they're, they're desperate for it. They're in need of it. And you are in permanent relationships with some, at least one person. In-laws, people, people that you're connected to, cousins. I mean, it's just, there are people. And here's what I want to say. A, a characteristic of, of peace people, and I know this is hard, but you don't give up on those relationships. You don't give up. Remember what, what Jesus said in Luke 10 too. You know, he, he gave us this, this farming image, this idea of the harvest. And in that harvest, th did the harvest just pop up out of the ground one day? No, those seeds were planted and those seeds were watered and those seeds were taken care of, they were tended to, and then the harvest came. And in those permanent relationships you are in as peace people of God, you, you might be planting the seeds. 
But I would guess almost for a lot of us, we're in that watering stage. And I just want to say to you, for the people that in your life that you know need Jesus, just keep on watering and keep on watering and keep on watering. Don't drown them, okay? Don't be obnoxious. Don't be weird. Don't be crazy. But, oh, just keep on watering. Keep on watering. Do it. And you know what? God might give you the amazing privilege of being present when they finally say yes to him, but he might not. But you are in a permanent relationship with him. It's not a coincidence. It's not an accident. And so keep on watering those seeds. And don't give up on them. Just wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. And don't give up on them. If I'm willing to guess, no, again, it's not a guess. I know it to be true. Because I know it's even true of me. So I can say at least one person in here. I was one of those people. I was one of those people. I went to a Christian college. I had friends who were, who were um, studying to go into ministry as an undergrad. And, and, and they loved Jesus. And I know, I mean, I know based on how I acted and how I responded that, that it would be really easy to have given up on me. So I say for the people in your permanent relationships, don't give up. Keep watering. Be present. Be sensitive. Be strategic. Because the same God that saved you is more than capable, more than capable of saving them. Peace people are authentic with their faith. Peace people are strategic and sensitive. And peace people, they just don't give up. They don't give up. And I'm so thankful that my God did not give up on me. And I have a feeling that you are just as grateful that he hasn't given up on you. Would you pray with me? Father, would you please help us? Would, Lord, today as we talk about these things, as I was planning this and preparing this, God, I was so, um, I was convicted in many ways. I, I felt that there was times when I've been so slack and so, um, lazy that I just haven't really been present the way I should be Lord I thank you that you have never ever given up on me that there's not a person in this room that you have ever given up on there's not a person in here that you've ever said I've done all I can Lord you, you desire for each and every one of us to come into a a, a forgiving, redeeming, loving relationship with you through Jesus Christ. He is the only way. He is the only one that makes new life possible. Father, I, I ask today on behalf of all of us that you would help us to be more sensitive to your leading that we would be willing to, to go out of, of areas that we might feel are, too, are comfortable to us. Lord, that we might be willing to go down another aisle that we never planned to go down. God, that we would open our eyes and look around us and see the people who, who need a, a word of hope from you today that, 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 that maybe the, the ground has been broken and the seed is... It's just, it's just the ground is waiting for that, that seed of truth to be planted, Lord, that we would be the one to be able to do that. God, that we would be the one to be able to water that. Lord, we would be the one to be able to come alongside and tend that and help that and to, and to make sure nothing else comes along to, to, 
to mess up that growth. God, for the ones that we know and love who who we've prayed for and we've cried over, we've almost given up a time or two. God, help us to to stand strong and to not give up. Well, we know this. Life is going to happen. As peace people, as your sons and daughters, we have the privilege to praise you, to praise you, to live a life that praises you. And I pray that we would do that all because of Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Solomon's Porch Podcast. We hope you heard some good practical news in this episode that you can apply to your life. If you'd like, we'd love for you to review our podcast on iTunes and share it with your friends. You can also support our ministry by going to theporchvaldasa.com slash give. Until next time, stay classy, listening friends. Thank you.